Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Atomy Brainwaves, our podcast on education for educators. Brainwaves is produced by our wonderful team here at Atomy. What is Atomy? It's an online teaching and learning platform for secondary education. We provide engaging, curriculum-specific video and text lessons for over 190 subjects, as well as matching quizzes and exam practice that can be used for both learning and formative assessment. We also provide powerful analytics that can help teachers diagnose how their students are progressing and zero in on who might need a little bit of extra help. Our goal is to help make life easier for our teachers, give them more time to work on the most important things, and ultimately help to generate better outcomes. If you want to find out more about Atomy, head over to our main site at getatomy.com and feel free to try it out for free. Today, we had something a little different, our very first mailbag episode, where our resident teaching expert Sue Temlett and I tackled some questions sent in to us from our teacher listeners, covering issues from how to find the right online resource to managing the implications of the pandemic on student exams. If you've got a question you'd like to see us answer, don't hesitate to email us at brainwaves at getatomy.com. If you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe to us at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you do your listening. And also feel free to leave us a quick five-star review. For the time being, give it a listen and enjoy. Are you going to teach us anything? What, you want me to teach you something? You want to learn something? All right. You got it! Hey everyone, welcome to Atomy Brainwaves. I'm your host Simon. Today I've got Sue alongside me. How you doing, Sue? I'm good, thanks, Simon. Sue, today we're uh, we're trying something a bit new, a little bit different <laughs> today. An exciting new venture for the podcast. Regular listeners will be used to hearing us come on and tackle a specific topic. Maybe it's a guest who's an expert in a certain field, but today it won't be uh, it won't be us or a guest setting the agenda, it will be you. That's right, today is our first mailbag episode where we tackle some of the questions that we have got from emails sent to us by teachers who are listeners of the podcast. How are we How are we feeling about this, this, this new bold venture, Sue? Should be good. Should be keen good. To hear, yeah, keen to hear what they're saying. Keen to hear what, what they're saying, and uh, yes, and yeah. hopefully, hopefully, help out with some of the issues that have been have been brought to us. So we'll dive mm. right in with our first email from Christina, who writes, "Hey guys, have a bit of a problem with motivating my class at the moment. When my school first closed and we moved to online teaching, there was something of a novelty element to the whole experience." But in recent weeks, the enthusiasm and involvement of my students has really waned. I was hoping you might have some tips for how to re-motivate kids who are starting to get fed up with online learning. Thanks, Christina. So this is a very, mm. a very kind of relevant issue for where we are at the moment. Hopefully one that, mm. you know, we're starting to move away from. So I guess almost uh, I'll jump the gun and, and, and even say it might not be an issue for that much longer because, you know, a lot of places around the world are moving back into the schools and getting their teaching done there. But yeah, what, yeah. what would you what would you have to say to Christina and this this particular issue? Yeah, well, that that makes me think it's probably um, either the UK or America from one of our listeners. 
um, just in the sense that, uh, you know, here in Australia, we've we've moved back um, mainly to face-to-face. Although, mm. you know, as it develops, like we've got some more outbreaks um, down in Victoria, you know, and people have gone back into lockdown. So you have no idea whether or not, you know, online learning is going to resurface or might need to. Um, in, yeah, it's, it's an ever-changing situation, I think. Um, but for yeah, for countries like the UK um, and for America, like I've got friends still teaching in the UK, um, the lockdown has obviously gone on for an awful long time. Um, and so I can appreciate Christina's um, difficulty in that people are, you know, the, the kids are getting really demotivated. And so it's very difficult to um, maintain that level of motivation, I think. Um, some of some of my advice would depend on what... Um, I guess what, how they're keeping in touch with their kids. Um, so, you know, whether it's kind of Google Classrooms or a learning management system or, you know, whatever it is that they're using. A lot of places are using like Office 365 or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but we, I know Simon, we talked a lot when we did our asynchronous learning um, podcast mm. about ways. Um, so, Christina, I'd encourage you to, to maybe listen to that. Um, but ways in which the... Um, you know, in many ways, the less of the face-to-face is actually more. Um, so, you know, keep kind of, if you're using Zoom or Microsoft Teams sessions, that sort of thing, keep those to sort of a minimum and do them with smaller groups so that you can have, maintain much more of a level of relational time with students. Um, like I'd certainly know when we're doing um, meetings with 30 people in and everyone's just a small face, it's so much different than when you're engaging with, you know, five people. Um, and everyone's a larger face, for example. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably be really discerning about the way um, I, I interact with synchronous sessions. Um, and then I would probably go for really tailored teaching. So, you know, use quiz engines. Like there's lots of free quiz engines out there like Quizlet or, um, oh, yeah, if you've got a, a learning management system, you have heaps of quizzes at your fingertip anyway. Um, but go for some sort of, you know, quizzing where – you can really form groups of students who do and don't understand uh, certain concepts and then plug their gaps where need be, you know. So um, I recommend you checking out Dylan William. Um, He's got some great stuff on hinge questions. Um, So maybe use some hinge questions with your class to form those groups um, and then, you know, work really closely with those, Um, you know, and then don't be afraid, I guess, to sort of jazz up the environment jazz up the environment where um you know where they're learning from um and have things that aren't necessarily relevant to the learning um like i've heard over here we had things like um everyone was was had to show their pets one day you know so just checking check-ins with kids where it is just about the relational stuff and not about the learning you know, so, you know, crazy hat day, you know, bring your kid, bring your, bring your pet to Zoom day or, you know, I don't know, thing, things that kind of maybe just need to be a little less um, learning focused and reinvigorate things. Um, yeah. But also being really conscious and aware that this is so tough for kids, you know. Um, online learning definitely can work, but you need to be really trained in online pedagogy to to make it work and everybody has gone into this really rapidly kids included um and so yeah just i think being kind on each other that you know i'm sure you'll get it all back as soon as uh, as soon as things return to some sort of normality 
So hang yeah. in there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. you know, it, you know, cut, cut yourself some slack, cut the kids some slack. It's a difficult yeah. situation, only gets more difficult the longer it goes on. But, um, mm. you know, as you say, plenty of plenty of ideas in there for uh, for kind of spicing things up a little sort of taking the pressure off and reinvigorating the group and and just also a quick side note you know you mentioned dylan william there recently recorded an episode with him as a guest on the podcast now i'm not sure depending on when this is released that episode may already be out or not yet be out but if you know (laughs) you end up following that up and you like you see we do have him on so either you can find that episode if it's already up if it's not it will be soon yeah so yeah hopefully christina that can uh that can add a little bit of value to your approach there Mm. our next question i think is an australian based one we can say with certainty this one reads hi brainwaves team so as i'm sure you're aware nisa has taken the decision that the hsc exams are going to go ahead this year despite the pandemic This makes us something of an exception in comparison to countries like the UK and the US, where the equivalent end of school exams have been cancelled, something most Mm -hmm. of my students are well aware of. How do Mm -hmm. we as teachers explain to our students why this decision has been taken here in Australia, despite all of the risks, when around the world so many countries are reaching the exact opposite conclusion? Regards, Joanne. Interesting question from Joanne there, kind of ties into again what's going on in the world right now the bigger kind of global mm. uh, global issues at play with regards to the pandemic yeah i yeah I, I mean i feel for joanne and for all of the year 12 teachers and students right now like I, I don't think there is any way of justifying it um of justifying a decision like that when you are comparing it to other countries um, i know other countries have higher rates than we have and i've obviously um you know been off you know off away from face to face teaching for much longer um so i guess you know there there isn't direct comparison in terms of length of time but there is direct comparison in terms of disruption um the difference here obviously is that hsc is not till november um and i think you know nessa is much more hoping that normalcy will have returned then mm. um i don't think there's a there's an easy answer to this it's really just to sort of say, like, if I was in this situation right now, I'd just be encouraging Year Twelve that we're we're all in it together. Um, it's not like um, you know the neighbour down the road, their school did something different to your school. Um, you know, I know there are odd cases like that, but the majority of schools were are all in the same boat, um, and it's just about doing the best that you can with what you've got. You know, so I think the more and more we kind of, I guess, get hung up on the anxiety of I missed this, I missed that, etc., um, the more it, it's actually not productive. So it's it's probably a case of we're going to have to accept the hand that we div- give, you know, that we've been dealt, and make the best of it. And that may be teachers sort of, you know, looking at the curriculum and really pairing back to what's absolutely essential, spending more time on, you know, drilling for the exam. Um, than they perhaps would normally do or normally like because they probably normally like to sort of create more, I guess, critical thinkers. And maybe this year it's more about creating the what what do you actually need to get a good mark in the exam. Mm. Um, It's maybe looking sort of around, you know, platforms like our own um, where you where you can, you know, get, say, video content that can help in ways that, 
you know, can just plug gaps for, for perhaps where, you know, kids might, might not have engaged so much with online learning. Um, you know, th- there's quite a few things out there that you could actually look at to help kids in that way. Um, you know, if, if someone's really, really struggling, if they're in a position to get a tutor, you know, maybe that kind of all those sort of stuff could be explored. But yeah, I guess it, it does suck and there's no way really around that. Mm. Um, it's just kind of, I think, moving on because the decision has been made and it doesn't seem like it's changing. So, Yeah, really un- unusual yeah. and unfortunate circumstances and you really have to mm. to feel for the kids and I but I suppose as well you know within that within what you're saying and and within all of the the kind of really good strategies there to tr- kind of try and deal with this it's also you know I would say there's probably no harm in, in, in sympathizing with the kids and, and oh, being like hey yeah look this does yeah. suck you know there's, yeah. there's no need to sugarcoat that element no 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 I don't yeah. think so at all yeah. Yeah. And most year 12 teachers, you know, live and feel the HSC with the kids as they're going through it, you know, yeah. like they're, they're really involved as well. Um, and so, yeah, they, they will, yeah, like you say, don't sugarcoat it. There's no harm in just saying, yeah, it really sucks. And it sucks so in so many ways, all the things that, you know, a normal year 12 would look forward to, you know, like their, you know, various um social things throughout the year that are probably going to have to be in a very different way than before, you know, various things with their graduations and I don't know, it's just a really rubbish situation. Um, So yeah, sympathize for sure. And then um, be, be the leader as the teacher that kind of says, right, how are we going to get through this then? Yeah. And remember that, you know, Maybe it's different in other countries, of course. Sorry, not maybe. It is different in other countries. But, you know, across across the state, across Australia, you know, so many people are in the same boat, which doesn't make it any easier, but might make it maybe just that little bit more comforting to know that, you know, there yeah. is a solidarity there. Yeah. Our final question for the day is is a, a little a little more positive, kind of mm-hmm. comes comes to us from, from Marcus. So, uh, uh-huh. you know, and, and ends on a slightly less less gloomy note i suppose or or or, or less relevant to the, the kind of difficulties we're all facing at the moment anyway marcus writes hey folks so not only am i a fan of the podcast but also a fan of atomy we have been using your yeah, product okay. in our school for a year now and it has really mm-hmm. elevated what we can offer students in the classroom particularly during the pandemic unfortunately i can't say the same about every online resource we have trialed at our school i won't name names but let's just say there have been some costly mistakes would you guys have any tips for school leaders on how to watch out for warning signs in a resource that sounds great, but turns out to be a bit of a dud in the classroom? Good question, Mark. <laughs> First of all, thank you for um, for your kind words. Uh, second of all, good question. Sue, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, well, I've always, it's always scared me in schools. Yeah, having led sort of digital learning for a couple of years, not, I say led, having been in a team that's leading it. Um, it's always scared me when schools have too many platforms on the go, you know, like an individual teacher signs up for, um, Padlet and another teacher signs up for Quizlet and another teacher, um, has, um, Edmodo and, you know, like it just, there's so much things that kids don't know whether they're coming or going and passwords and logins and, you know, that sort of stuff. So, um, I'd kind of, 
yeah, encourage a whole school approach to something or at least a whole department approach if it's not relevant to the whole school. Um, don't I, – I would never buy before you try, you know, so um, make sure that you can have, a, you know, a, a decent negotiated trial period of, of um, particularly costly software um, and then, you know, evaluate – Set it, set it up right, set it up in a way of success so that it's not d- doomed to failure. Um, but then, um, yeah, evaluate whether or not it's something that is going to be used. Um, and, you know, don't be afraid to turn down the trial if it's, if it's not going to be used or if it doesn't get favourable reviews from both the teachers and the students, you know. Um, yeah. You might find a discrepancy between what one set thinks. Um, so, yeah, kind of... See, see what's driving each, each group's um, thoughts, essentially. Um, and then if you do decide to purchase something, I think you've got to actually, you know, don't just switch something on and expect it to work. Like you've actually got to do PD with the teachers um, and onboarding with students to make something successful. And alongside that, you have to look at how are you going to embed it for lasting change? Now, don't just buy some sort of novelty. Um, but if you really want to, you know, if you really think something is valuable and should be done well, then start writing that piece of software into the programs that you have, you know, so that it's there and people remember to use it when they're teaching. Um, again, depending on what it is, but if it's content, you know, obviously make sure it's in the programs. Right. If it is a learning management system, then you need to make sure that the the possibilities that are you know, pretty endless with a with an LMS, but again, you'll need to write that kind of difference, uh, po- possible differences in pedagogy into your teaching and learning programs, or else it's just going to sit there on the shelf and not get used. Yeah. So and, and yeah. One thing I might just quickly add to that is I think before maybe even you do anything else, it it, it could be really important to know exactly what you want right yeah because like yeah. you know for instance you can you can buy the best lawn mower in the world but it's going to be no use to you if you try and use it to wash the dishes you know what i mean yeah. there, there, there could be <laughs> well it's an odd metaphor but i've used yeah. it now there's no turning back um <laughs> you know you can there could what, what may well be the case is that there's a great resource that you've used or that you go to use but if you're trying to use it to do something that it's not designed yeah. for, it's really not going to, it's just, you're trying to put a square peg in a round hole. It's not going to work. So no, mm. I guess know exactly what you want and know exactly yeah. what the resource does. And if those two things align, great, perfect, go from there. But if they don't, you know, don't try and, don't try and force something to do something that it's not, no, no, not designed to no. do. Horses for courses. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all righty well thank you to christina joanne marcus and every other teacher out there who has emailed us we will hopefully get through as many questions as we can in coming mailbag episodes but uh for the time being thank you sue for helping me take on these particular queries um, we if you want to listen to any other episodes any of our regular or guest episodes you can find them on whatever platform you're listening to this on you can also check us out in our main site at getatomy.com for the time being it's going to be goodbye from sue good night and goodbye from me see ya <laughs> <laughs>